0: Uh, Very good evening, uh, everybody watching. Tom Grant here uh, and it is the eve of the final Grand Slam of the year. Yes, it's US Open Eve. I'm kindly joined by Damien Kiss. Damien, how are you doing? How, How are you feeling tonight?
1: I'm fine today this is definitely a very slow Sunday compared to most Sundays you know all the challenges were finished on Saturday Winston-Salem and Cleveland were finished on Saturday so basically it's that the day before the slam so a little little break but of course there's a lot of recording there's a lot of analyzing there's a lot of podcasting to do so yeah, yeah let's let's talk about stuff yeah
0: well, that sounds good to, and just let me ask you then do you do you do anything I don't know is there any sort of Damien tradition or something you do on the eve of a Grand Slam to, to get you ready for
1: the next fortnight? Um, I don't think so. Like When it comes to the US Open, we talked about this before the recording, getting my sleep schedule to be a bit different <laughs> is definitely a tradition. It's yeah. not really for every Slam. No, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't have to do it for the European ones. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. I mean, this is like the third recording I've done today, so I guess there wasn't really that much time to yeah, just think of anything else so basically just that
0: good 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 and uh, you're excited obviously for, for for the next four uh 14 days you know it's going to be a kind of festival of tennis really um have you been taking in any of fan week at all um any of the content that's been coming out of new york
1: yeah i mean uh i've i've already watched so much of the qualifying you know and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm probably mostly excited for the first week. This is all, where the magic happens, according to me. Now, the second week is just a little <laughs> boring, but there's more challengers. There's more stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, obviously, uh, it's it's always extremely exciting. I think especially the first week and then the qualifying. These are my favorite parts. So half of it has already gone. <laughs> half yeah, of it no, I... has already been gone. But um, honestly, obviously, super excited for Um, 11 a.m. US Open time tomorrow and and the start of play and, you know, the first two days which are so, uh, just always so messy and chaotic when you have, like, 15 matches that you can watch and you want to watch, like, 10 of them, but you just can't.
0: Uh, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think we had a ch- had a chat um, on our previous uh, podcast stream, um, and I said, you know, the, the first couple of days for me are, are, are the best part of the slam. It's just because there's that excitement, the potential, everybody's playing. Um, so yeah, uh, and we'll come back to the qualifiers. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll look into the qualifiers who you um, think have done, you know, been the player of the week um, in a couple of minutes. But I think um, a couple of places to start then obviously there was the event in Wednesday Salem uh won by Sebastian Baez. Um, we'll come on to that in a second. But you know, news coming out over the last couple of days. Um Michael uh, Emer um announced on his social media channels that he was retiring. Of course, um in July, <clears throat> he was banned from the sport um, for 18 months um because he failed or he failed to um to show up for three out-of-competition tests in 12 months. Um and his tweet he read out, hey guys, I've decided to retire from professional tennis. Thank you all for the amazing memories. Uh, what a ride it's been. Uh, I wish all my colleagues well going forward in competition. God is great always. Obviously, a lot shorter tweet than, you know, at the actual time of the ban in July. He he was um, he was all over that. Um, I think the tweets were, were about four or five threads long. Um, just your thoughts on that then, Damon. kick us off with that, you, you know, your thoughts on his retirement.
1: I mean, yeah, it was definitely surprising. I don't know if he's actually going to go through with it. Maybe this is something that, you know, just did in the heat of the moment. And then uh, in in 18 months or 17 months by now, I guess maybe he's just going to be back. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I, I kind of get what he means. Like 18 months is, is really a huge chunk of your tennis career. You know, it's going to be very hard for him to stay motivated enough to yeah just keep himself in shape, keep practicing while he actually can't play. Then there's also that factor that he himself does not believe he did anything wrong. because of that whole mess with the third out of competition test i'm not sure what what the story was with the first two like there he probably did something wrong but it really seems like neither him nor his agent really could have done anything differently in the in that third case so yeah along with that he's just probably really frustrated at the moment um yeah, of course, it would be a bit of a shame to, to see a career end like this, you know, yeah. 20... How many? 25, 26? Uh, 24, is it most, 24 um, years is at the moment. 24 years old, yeah. So so he's going to be 26 when he's back, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah currently or,
0: ranked or, 80, I mean, um, and he's been as high as 50. Or he's yeah. not going to be back, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think there's any element of, um, more or less, you know, maybe two fingers up to, to the, the governing bodies? You know, um, I think... Uh, if I'm right and saying the ITF actually went to the court of our for sport, um, appealing the fact that he, he didn't intentionally get a ban. Do you think there's an element of that at all? You know, him just basically saying, "Like, right, screw you guys. I, I
1: don't really want to kind of be associated with you guys anymore. Yeah, I guess m- mostly he just probably is just frustrated at how this all happened. Uh, is he also angry at the governing bodies for sure? like in his in his previous statement, you know, there was that whole thing with um, basically some tribunal at first acquitting him, then actually yeah. other another independent thing um, actually deciding that all of this doesn't matter. So so there's definitely uh, you know uh, some sort of feeling there. And um, yeah, I just feel like in general, they kind of made an example of him. Because 18 months for this, that's incredibly harsh. Like, there's dopers who got less. So I I kind of think that they just had an opportunity to punish, uh, yeah, just a very well-known player for for this, which rarely happens. You know, you don't really remember stuff like this. Someone actually getting that first strike, missing that third out-of-competition test, and him being, like, a very popular guy. So... So, yeah, I I think they kind of made an example of him. And, uh, well, of course, I'm not uh, excusing him for for what he did, right? 18 months definitely seemed kind of harsh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And just in your opinion, then, um, and hello, Elena, um, how are you doing? And Sean and Matthew and Merlan, of course. Um, In your opinion, then, will you ever see Michael Emer back on a
1: tennis court? Seems pretty likely, I guess, that he's gonna come back. Like, I just don't really believe that he's gonna be out like this. I don't know. Yeah, 18 months is it, it takes a lot of strength, but you know, it, it's not like the door is closed, especially these days. It just seems like everyone is coming back after their <laughs> retirement. Yeah. uh, we, we just see so many players retirement doesn't mean and...
0: retirement, does it anymore? Retirement, yeah, it's, it's like it, the it, boxers it, of old.
1: How many times the boxers retire and then they, they come back <laughs> Yeah, for that one last do. fight and, and, and exactly. that that happens that happens in tennis right now as well. So I yeah. don't know. I, I feel like we'll see him somewhere. Uh but at the same time, you know, he he kinda had some weird um interactions with like you know the the, the swedish organization of course like the yeah bosch that organizers and in general it just didn't seem like he was that much of a fan of the game itself mm-hmm. so maybe but what else is he gonna be doing right like he yeah. is 24 he's gonna be 26 when the ban is over and what's he what's he gonna do in life i don't know so, so i i feel like it's actually more likely that that we're going to see him at some point than than not yeah
0: yeah, well, we might even end up in a pickleball court somewhere. You never know. Speaking of... With po- Jack pick- Sock, yeah. Well, th- th- that was my segue. Speaking of pickleball, um, you know, Jack Sock, um, of course, retiring today. Um, and am I right in reading he's going to become uh, a professional pickleball player? Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, honestly, I mean, Jack Sock has just had such a weird career since like 2017, 18. He had years when he was barely playing, right? so many so many tournaments when he just seemed like he didn't have any interest in this uh probably could have had like a fantastic doubles career if he just focused on it he never did um yeah i I thought this year honestly when there was around april when there was that uh usda wildcard challenge and like green green clay has always been great conditions for him so i thought that maybe he was gonna actually try to get that french open wildcard uh turned out that he didn't really like he had some decent matches in houston maybe around the time but then he never even like never really showed up at these green clay challenges in the states so that's where i kind of saw that okay so he's like not serious about this because if he was he he would have been there he would have been trying to get that paris wildcard of course he was in the second week in paris in 2020 2015 and um so yeah i I guess it doesn't come as that much of a surprise but of course you know the guy was just 30 and um if he wanted to he still he still had that doubles career excited to watch isner Salk again and for the (laughs) last time you know both guys retiring and yeah just just see what they can do in doubles because they've obviously won like what atp thousands together i'm not sure how many but but yeah yeah
0: And then speaking of John Isner, of course, you know, um, a polarising figure, some might say, you know, in terms of, you know, tweets of the past, etc. Not everyone's cup of tea, I think that's fair to say. Um, But, you know, thoughts on John Isner retiring. um, I was listening to something um, somewhere. I need to remember where I'm listening to these things. But somebody mentioned, you know, John Isner's actually done quite a lot for the sport of tennis, you know, in terms of um, changes to the game to try and prevent such matches as, uh, as the Wimbledon Mahood. 70 uh, 768 mm. match, you know, that's why we have a final set tiebreak, a sudden death tiebreak now. Um, so yes, yeah, thoughts on, on John Isner, um, and him saying goodbye to the sport.
1: Yeah, he definitely has an incredible legacy. Uh, you know, things like, yeah, Isner Mahoud, that that match, and then, uh, then the whole the changes that went, uh, that came after, you know, it's not something that he was planning to do, right? But mm. you know, it, it's something that we'll remember, of course. Obviously, he is um he is the like record holder in terms of aces yeah, on the atp tour yeah. and like many other things what's that uh, number was again the... is it like
0: what is it 18, Fourteen thousand.
1: i think it's over 14 at least it was maybe he got it to 15 i'm not sure uh I'm definitely sure. for four years after like andy roddick he was the most um yeah he was just the highest ranked american and he definitely like led the you know the, the development of tennis in the country mm-hmm. so um, in terms of what you said about like being controversial, was his style the most fun to watch? Most of the time, probably not. I guess I was always a bit more tolerant with this, and also like political views. Um, I just always thought that um, it really shouldn't be that big a deal. Uh, that, that big a deal. I, I just don't really understand why. People can't just, you know, listen to each other and respect each other's opinions. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, John Isner still seemed like a very nice guy. And you know, whether you agree with him politically, maybe sometimes he said things that were kind of, you know, just not tolerant or or something. But uh, yeah, he he, we definitely have a lot of examples of him doing the right thing as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I think he should be remembered for that and not really for, you know, having right-wing um, con- yeah, political convictions, which right now seems to be considered, like, something wrong in the world, which, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I remember, actually, you know, I think he beat, uh, Andy Murray, um, was it last year at Wimbledon, um, and uh, him talking, you know, after the match to centre court, and, I just, you know, he came across as, as actually a really nice guy. It's the first time I'd yeah. actually heard him um, speak, um, and, you know, he just seemed like I can uh, down to air, decent guy, so, um, yeah, I think you're right, I think he's left, um, you know, his mark on the game, um, and, you know, people will, will uh, sometimes on a, a, a clay court, um, you know, he could be all right, you know, in terms of, the, um, no, sorry, the, 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 the Wimbledon, he was obviously really, really strong uh, with his, his serve, um, and just kind of nicking, nicking the odd win here and there, Um Okay, sticking with um the uh, the current tennis then um and the North North American hardcourt swing, of course, was in North Carolina, um at the Winston Salem. Um and we started at the top of the show, um, Sebastian Baez um coming through against Yeri Lehetchka. Um gotta be honest, Damien, I mean, you know, um going into last night and you know seeing that matchup, I know that Baez actually had a one and zero record going into that match but for me I, I mean I really like Gary Leheschka. um of course um, was it the next gen finals last year um, and uh, got to the quarters of the Aussie Open I watched him against Andy Murray um, earlier in the year as well I really like Gary Lechka I thought um, for me Lechka was probably going to um, win that one but you know Baez is, is, is a man on form right now um, 10 match winning streak now um, yeah, just can can Baez do anything um, at, at this US Open?
1: Um, I mean, he's playing Chorich again. He's just beaten him, but of course, that doesn't really mean that much. No. Um, I guess we can look at it really uh, in many ways because, well, he was also like six four four two up against uh, George in that match in Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, then that's when it actually got tricky. So he could have won it more maybe easily. I don't know. It, I, it still feels like a pretty 50-50-ish match at this point in time because, well, we've just seen it go like this. Uh, yeah, he definitely just has a lot of confidence right now, and uh, it's it's also like kind of good to see him pick up a title on hard courts because well, he's had some terrible streaks on it. You yeah. know, even like very recently, right? He had like I don't know what one win in la- in the last eighteen or something like that. Uh, there was a point in time even when he had this sort of a streak overall on any surface. Yeah, and and uh, on hard courts as, as well, of course, specifically. So. So definitely changing the, the you know the perception of of people in in a way here and yeah, free W the free ATP 250 titles in a year is just amazing regardless of really what you're doing anywhere else. can he make it deep I don't know like if he beats storage, he very easily could make the third round beating Medvedev seems impossible so he would probably need to um, yeah just need the Russian to get eliminated earlier. But if yeah. he beats Chorich, it's not going to be easy, but it's not like his third round appearance would be a shock at this point. And, and yeah, he's just beating charge which maybe just gives him some even more confidence to a guy who doesn't really need it because he has all the confidence in the world right now.
0: Yeah, playing well. Um, I think that was a, a second um, win in a row, second event win. In a row, um, uh, did he win? Kishpool didn't he? Um, Kizbiel, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, he beat um, 6-4, 6-3. Six, six, Catching up in the highlights afterwards, um, I think Lehechka had actually um hit first. Um, he had a chance as well to consolidate the break, he was 3 one up, um, had a chance to go 4-1. Um, by oh, he's a scrapper, he's a fighter. Fought back, broke back straight away. Um, And then Lahechka again had four break points when he was serving for it at 5 4. And I just looking at the highlights, you could tell that that the matchup was so close that it really, really hinged on that first set. Um, And the fact that Baez got it, um, uh, you know, it made all the difference. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. Sorry, no, go on, go on. No, 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 no. Uh, Lahatchka was definitely the favorite going into that one. I agree with you. Um, that head-to-head win that you mentioned was, of course, on clay in Davis Cup in mm-hmm. Buenos Aires. So quite, you know, different conditions here. Lahatchka still seeking his first ATP title, and definitely a bit of a bummer for him to lose this, as I think against Bias, he would have felt like he was, you know, he was the guy who should be winning the match. Yeah, yeah. On and on, on the brin- surface, you know.
0: And our good friend Vanch yeah. uh, had tweeted earlier. I don't know if you saw this. The um, Baez has now uh, won more ATP titles in 2023 than anyone not named Alcaraz, Djokovic, or Daniel Medvedev. Um, some start that um, in terms of Baez, as, as producer John has just fired up there. Um, he, also, the, the, he also becomes the first Argentine to win three or more tour level titles in a single season since, uh, since Juan Martín del Potro in 2013. He won four. Um, So, yeah, you've mentioned um, Baez and, you know, the form that he's in. Um, Lehechka got to the final because of a a walkover um, against Korda. Korda pulled out um, just ahead of it. But Lehechka then, you know, as I said to you, quite an impressive player for me, especially at the first part of the season. Um, He loves a hard court, this guy. Um, You know, I think uh, I was looking earlier on, is he starting against Kratsev um, tomorrow? Yeah. Tough match, but it's it's a winnable match for me. Um, so just thoughts on Lahetchka then in terms of his development and you know where, where you see him right now in the game.
1: Yeah, there was this part. Uh, there was definitely this point at the beginning of the season when he seemed like a you know top ten player maybe or like borderline top ten. Yeah. It's not there anymore. Definitely not. But um, yeah, he has he has definitely made improvements. Uh, all the time last year, I was like screaming about him potentially just yet. Yeah, because he's, like, um he doesn't have, like, maybe overwhelming power of the ground, but he has great timing. And I just always thought that getting to the net more would be fantastic for him. He did just that, you know. He also improved improved the serve, which is clearly, you know, something that he can be getting more out of. And, uh yeah, just, just his whole, like, he always had good forward instincts, but, like, his whole transition game net play got a lot more efficient. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's sort of how he's done. And he's also um, super, consi- like, a lot more consistent this year compared to the previous seasons, which is hard with this style. And, yeah, I I, I think that he has um, definitely showed something new to us this year. And while he's not in that sort of, yeah, early early uh, season form Maybe you know if he beats Mare in Doha, maybe he would have been uh, <laughs> even bigger, right? Because I remember he that ma- match. you know serving for it, or it has a few match points or something? Five match, back. five match points, I think. So yeah, this I definitely remember. left some scars. I don't know. Maybe this would be uh, would be different as well. But of course, we're not greedy. You know, he he is still doing excellent this season. He has just made his first ATP final. If we're not counting the next gen finals at the end of 2022. Yeah. And yeah. Just awesome progress and um I think um you know top 50 for years is something that he definitely should have. And yeah, with if anything else, let's see, but of course the Australian Open was like the moment when it it really felt like Lehechka could be eyeing a top 20 top 10 debut maybe even this year. Yeah,
0: I think he be Felix Ali and that one yeah. um
1: and uh,
0: who's obviously had a, a bit of an off s- s- season so yeah, well, uh, uh, okay. So um, we've done all the kind of preamble in terms of uh, the last week, uh, in terms of retirements and uh, and the event that was on uh, in Winston Salem. Now we're going to focus. Um, if that's all right, Damon, we'll focus on you know the next two weeks. You know, of course, the final Grand Slam of uh, the of the year. Um, it's on the, the hard courts of Queens. New York. Um, it's a really, really exciting event. Um, I may ask you later on what your favourite slam is. Uh, I don't know if you've told people this before. I, I'm not aware of it. And, of course, we will get predictions from you later, Damien. I think the best way to do this, to give a kind of comprehensive look at um, the ATP side of the, the US Open is, um, let's look at the draw, but let's look at the draw through, through um, you know, splitting it into four from each quarter. Um, so, Nicely, nicely um, segued into this one as well. We were just talking about Lehechka. Lehechka, of course, is um, playing against Karatsev, and he's in Holger Rune's, um quarter of the draw, the number four seed. Um, and tell me, Damien, if you think I'm being a wee bit harsh, um, but Holger Rune has, uh, for me, absolutely zero chance um, of seeding this into, um, into winning this event. You know, he's not won a match since Wimbledon. Um, you know, there's been back problems, I think, uh, as well um Holgerun starts of course uh, against uh, Cabernet Buena um they've got one in on each uh, record I think on clay though um just just your thoughts on Hoggerin going into this one number number 4 in the world number 4 seed um it's a tough it's a tough draw for him isn't it
1: yeah definitely the weakest of the top four seeds and um yeah the, the back injury and and yeah how he's done in the Toronto since he double is not helping uh, I think that, like, initially I thought maybe you were going to say that he has zero chance to get to the semis, which definitely would have been too harsh to win <laughs> the title. I kind of feel like everyone else but Alcaraz and Djokovic have zero chance, yeah. <laughs> so I would have to agree. Uh, and, yeah, it's a, it's a tough draw for him. Like, uh, Carvajs definitely, like, isn't an opponent that, if like, if Rune is healthy, he's going to get through. But Lahetchka, then maybe someone like Shelton. I don't know if Shelton would get something going. This, the, these are already real threats. And like mm-hmm. in his looking forward until maybe the fourth round, you've got Tommy Paul in such good form. Yeah. Um, over the over the Canada-Cincy double, so yeah, I, I don't feel like Rune is gonna go that far either. And yeah, to just feel like he has he has had such a poor warm up season and also with the health question marks and general fitness question marks that we've had towards runa in slums as well you know it was uh, not that long ago at uh, Rangaros where he was still just really in trouble when he played the fifth setter uh, five setter against Cerundolo and then just had nothing for Rude. Uh, obviously Wimbledon was a little different but then he was a bit outplayed by, by Alcaraz but yeah I just feel like it's it's not really going to be possible for him to win this slam and, um yeah, there, there's a few reasons for that. And and one of them is also the fact that, yeah, playing someone like Karatsev, Lehechka in the second round, that could get him in trouble very, very early.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're bang on. I think Lehechka or uh, well, Karatsev could definitely pose him uh, real problems. Also in this quarter is uh, number five seed Kasper Rude. Of course, they two are on course to meet um in the quarters once again. Of course, in the French earlier on, um, this year, Casper um, Ruud, another funny one, isn't he? I mean, you know, effectively tanked Wimbledon, as, as, as we all know, <laughs> just because he doesn't like grass. Um, uh, what, what's your thoughts on Casper? Of course, the finalist here last year. If he'd beaten Alcaraz, he would have been world number one. Um, and uh, John and I have, in the past, have, have discussed Casper Rood quite heavily. He kicks off tomorrow, um, as you can see on the screen. Um, thoughts on Casper Rudd and his his chances?
1: Yeah, I think this this quarter in general is one where we won't see the top eight seeds in the quarters. Uh, with with Rude, I don't know who it's going to be. You know, someone even like J.J. Wolf or Zhizhen Zhang second round uh, could get him into trouble early. I think they're both pretty similar to me, like Wolf Zhang in terms of yeah, just having huge powerful games, but kind of lacking shot selection. Last year, actually, Rude and Zhang were on track to meet in round two at the U.S. Open. And I remember thinking that Zhang is gonna beat him. Zhang then wasted seven match points in the opening round against <laughs> Van yeah. Uh and he's not in that sort of monster form anymore. So I'm not sure about that. But I think Wolf would already push him. Uh, you know, Fujovic or Korda, thats really tough. And yeah, then if if we if we get a match like Tiaforood in the fourth round. I would be definitely backing Francis. Just, you know, th- this could be vulnerable to change after we mm-hmm. see the first three rounds, but I don't think it would actually change. You know, I, I know Ruth made the finals last year, but we all know that it wasn't that tougher run. Uh, he played mm-hmm. a great match against Berrettini for sure. I think he was also much closer to winning the final that people th- than people think. He had set points in Alcaraz in that um, third set and Alcaraz was definitely the one who was not as fresh at that point. So, I think potentially if Ruth wins one of these, he probably wins the match from from there. So, he, I know he was really close, but if he needs to play something like, yeah, Wolf, then Korda, then Tiafo, uh, by the way, all Americans, like the, there's actually a real chance that Ruth would play five Americans in a row here with yeah. Nava, Wolf, Korda, Tiafo, Paul. Of course, this is just like a fun fact. It, it actually <laughs> no, that's doesn't, good doesn't really that. mean anything, but it is very feasible uh but yeah i, I just don't think either rude or runa are making the quarters and um yeah in, in this section i just think that they're not they haven't done anything of note in the warm-ups last year of course maybe rude also lost early in cincinnati to shelton um, and yeah i just feel like all the grandson final runs from casper rude you cannot really say that they're accidental because, well, he's done it three times in the last what? In the last five slams, right? Yeah. So no six yeah. slams, three, three times in the last six slams. But it was three out of five for a moment. Uh, so, yeah. so, so you yeah, cannot exactly. you cannot really say that it's by accident. But, yeah, I just feel like if there's a redlining player with a higher peak, a higher ceiling, it's going to be hard for him to survive. So, yeah, basically my thoughts on Rud and Rune are that th- these are probably the top eight seats who are going, or actually along with someone else too, um, along with a couple of other guys too. But, yeah, yeah I just feel like in this quarter, we're probably going to see some, some other players in the last eight. I do have, you know, a couple of specific answers in mind as well.
0: Okay, well let's look at that then. Um, you know, you we've got um I mean we've got um Markus versus Davidovich Vikina. Um that's a, a tasty one. Um uh, Bublick versus Dominic Team, uh, another a decent match. I like the uh I, I earlier on, uh, the Pedro Kashin, Ben Shelton. Um you mentioned Tommy Paul, uh, Tier4 um of course in that, Sebastian Corda. So then um, you know, this quarter then, who are you picking? Who are you thinking um
1: is gonna be the, the the final two from this one? Paul and Tiafo. And um, yeah, Paul has just done incredibly well during the Canada C double. Obviously, beating Alcaraz once, then losing to him in a tight thriller. Uh, he made the semis at the Australian Open. And uh, while that was perhaps not as strong a run as this one would be, I feel like he's actually more ready. And uh Tiafo, obviously the semi-finalist from last year, also went five sets with Alcaras good form this year you know may- maybe a few losses like earlier than expected but still <laughs> i feel like he has done m- well uh, enough for me to consider him and he seems like one of these guys who just at home in front of the home crowd here he will be probably more dangerous than than in most places as well and i like his draw too like if he beats Manarino or vatanuki in the third round um, then, then it really opens up for him. And as I said, I would definitely back him against Rude if that's the matchup that we're gonna get in the fourth round. And Tommy Paul, does he really have any opponents he should be scared of? Probably not, honestly. Like if if someone fires up like Davidovich-Fokina or Shelton, but but you know they they would actually have to get there first, and yeah, yeah. get. Per, just perform it at their best mm-hmm. level during the yeah. match against him. So, so yeah, I like think 4 Paul. I I haven't done the full like bracket predictions yet. Right. Uh, I might do that in um. Well, maybe today. You can do that, to maybe, keep your, I do that to keep
0: yourself up tonight. You can do that to try and keep awake tonight. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I, I I will have some other like work to do after after this. But if I still. Have time before going to bed, then I pl- I'll probably do that. But I I can already tell you that Paul and TFR are going to be my quarter finalists here. Yeah,
0: decent. Uh, it's hard to disagree there. I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, in terms of Sebastian Corda, he's such, to me, quite an interesting character. He started off the year very well, and I thought he was going to have a big 2023. It was going to finally be the kind of emergence of Corda. Um, you know, he talked himself up at wimbledon went out early um he pulled out last week uh, uh, as i mentioned earlier on um he's then here in the draw what's your thoughts on you know players doing that in the in the events the week before um the big the big events um you know in terms of injury of course i'm not saying he wasn't injured but you know the questions will be asked um, and i just thought uh, to get your kind of take on that Damien, mean you know and thoughts on players and pulling out the week before slams
1: yeah it, it's hard to say like how serious that ankle twist ankle roll is. as you said, like um Corda is ambitious enough, which we also saw you know, with him like just putting himself in there, right sort of yeah. uh, ahead of Wimbledon. He is so ambitious that I could see a, a world where he just skips Winston Salem semis because he has already gotten a few matches out of that tournament, and yeah. just goes goes to the US Open. He definitely won't be delighted about having to play Fuchovic again. That mm-hmm. match in Winston-Salem was very tight, you know, just the first the set first tiebreak, basically, that decided it. So, for me, he definitely has a shot here. If he beats Fuchovic, he probably makes the third round. Uh, then he would play... Yeah, I mean, he's capable of beating Rude as well. So, yeah. so it's just really Tiafo that I would have him losing to, probably, but... Um, yeah, just, just if he gets through that very tough <coughs> opening round that you know it opens up for him. But the fact that he beat Fuchrovic in two in, in Western Salem does not necessarily mean that he's going to do that. And Ghosty, I am going to fill out that bracket. It's it's just I haven't done that yet. So <laughs> um I think Ghost uh,
0: Ghost was trying to call you about um poo-pooing her catches, chances, yet or, or, or something earlier on. Um, but we'll come back to that when, once we cover there. So we're going for in the, the the rune quarter, the number fours quarter. We're going to go uh, Tommy Paul and TFO. Final question on this one would then be, you know, in terms of TFO, you, you've spoken spoken up quite highly there. Um, uh, no concerns about you know recent form in the states. Um, you know he's had some early losses.
1: Um, sorry. Who are we talking about? Tier four, just, uh, ah, T4. just uh, last tier Yeah, just
0: in terms um, of you've, yeah. you've, spoke, you've spoken him and he's had a kind draw, but you know he's had some early losses uh, in the the run up events, and I just thought you know in terms of where that faith is coming from.
1: Yeah, I get if 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 that's um, something that will sort of stop you from believing in him here, but then again, you know he lost to Rawanage, who still has like an incredible peak performance on his day. Uh, Vavrinka definitely in form right now. And, you know, even in Cincinnati, TFO beat Greek sport in round one, which obviously was just a nightmare draw as well. That's the yeah. sort of um, round ones that we can get from these ATP 1000 events. And, um, yeah, as I said earlier, I think just the fact that I that I feel like at home is actually going to perform, you know, he's such an entertainer. And, um, yeah, I feel like the, the huge crowds are probably going to make him what he was last year when he made the semis. And I just don't think the form has been, like, poor. It's just been okay. It's been average. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obviously, this one will be the one he's been looking forward to all year, especially after that semi-final run last year. Um, Okay, let's move swiftly on then. Um, We'll go to the Medvedev quarter. um, And... Again, uh, much like Holger Rune, when, when I saw that at five o'clock UK time on uh, on Thursday, I just thought to myself, Medvedev uh, Medvedev's in a bit of trouble here uh, in terms of the match-ups. I particularly looked at the uh, De Manoa match-up, who seems to have his number recently. Um, so just, you know, let's talk about Daniel Medvedev. Um, he's, he's much talked about on this chat, especially when I'm on. Um, what's going on with him and, and where can he go in this event?
1: yeah i mean medvedev balash is is obviously not a match um i truly don't understand how the hungarian still has the protected rankings but you know there we can really wonder whether um medvedev loses one or two games or like (laughs) something like that but anyway um yeah i think there's a couple of very tricky matchups here definitely max purcell like that starts in the second round great form Cincinnati and Winston-Salem quarterfinals. And like the main two things about Purcell, right, are servant volleying and slices, both giving Medvedev a tough time in the past yeah. from other players. Uh, servant volleying with the returning position and, and slices with the forehand technique, just kind of impossible to <laughs> accelerate out of it. Um, so, So me thinking that Medvedev will probably win a few rounds is maybe more on like just the general level the general quality that he has and also just the feeling that you know he's always done well in new york generally picks himself up for this event so so that's kind of why i just think he will go deep i don't know if he's actually gonna go like into the semis yeah i think a fourth round uh a quarter final that would already be fine um would he lose to the minor again it's it's very hard to say. It's definitely much of the that's giving him trouble, too. Uh, I think, uh, I can't really say for sure right now, but I think if I would, uh, like, I think if I do the bracket prediction later, I think I would have him losing in the quarters. Oh, but, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I still have him going pretty deep, even though on paper, guys like Purcell, the they're definitely tough for him.
0: And then you said losing in the quarters, then I mean, mm-hmm. like you say. Um, Rublev's in this quarter, that's the predicted um last eight tie against his compatriot Andrew Rublev. Um, how what's your thoughts on where he's going then in, in terms of this event? You're already shaking your head, I think.
1: Yeah, and uh, Ghosty is not gonna believe what is coming, but I think <laughs> it's not gonna be Rublev, I think it's gonna be Hubert Kurkac. <laughs> uh, but yeah, starting from Rublev, I just see like his draw is incredibly tough. Uh, if you have to play Rusevori, then let's say Montfis makes it, and then let's say Berettini makes it to the third round, and yeah. that's that. These are the guys that you have to beat in order to make the last sixteen stage. Like that's just insane. Obviously, Rublev has not won a match in a in the warm ups. Uh, does that actually measure all that much with Rublev? I don't know. Like, he's usually super consistent in terms of winning his early rounds, but then again, um, they were pretty tough throws, right? Like, he played yeah. McDonald, and who did he play in uh, Toronto? Uh to no. Uh, oh it was it was mcdonald in toronto and of course it was rusevori in cincinnati yes well. yeah Rousseau- the, really other, around, the other way around so so he yeah. basically plays rusevori again they also faced each other at the austrian open he lost the set it's generally it's been close against them i feel like the um between between each other uh i feel like they're generally like somewhat similar in terms of like just being one-dimensional power pace liners. Yeah, uh, it could be tricky. Roussevori, Monfis, Berettini, I just think it, this is really tough and there's no guarantee that uh, Rublev will even make the fourth round from this.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No, so um, so you've got Medvedev. Um, other kind of tasty ones, I mean, Medvedev is obviously going to be coming up against Bayes um, in, the, in the third round, which could be tricky, Um uh, but you know, in terms of uh, you mentioned her catch earlier on, um, so let's talk. Who uh, be um, shall we? Um, Ghost is favourite part of the show. Um, why have you got so much faith then in, in in her catch
1: um, going to, to? I take it you you're putting us,
0: maybe they have her catch quarter final.
1: Yeah, um, Gos is. Uh, I, I don't think he's really a fan of Hulkc, but he just likes this meme that I constantly just uh, bring my countrymen down, and uh, you know, I, I always say that they have no chance. And this <laughs> is actually where I have to say that Hulkc has a phenomenal draw. Um, I don't know if he's going to take it. You know, he is a bit of a close matches machine. Uh, if you have excellent serving stats and if, if you have absolutely trash level returning stats you're gonna be like a machine for close matches tie breaks so i yeah, don't know yeah. if he actually converts this opportunity but i just think it lines up very nicely for him you know hustler out of form draper um injury question marks. Isner retiring, and I think losing to Hurkac in the third round would be a beautiful send-off, actually, especially with them being friends. Uh like Kachanov also injury question marks, hasn't yeah, played since Ron Karos. Yeah. And then you potentially have like Rublev, Medvedev, and these are actually good matchups for him. Um Rublev, he has like a two-two record record, I think, against, and Medvedev he even leads three and two. And one of the matches he lost, he was actually, like, the better player and, and you know, almost almost beat him in um, either Canada or Cincy. Yeah. Um, I think it's Cincy. And, um, yeah, I just feel like this is really a phenomenal opportunity for, for Hurkac. And also, he has been on a good run of form. Like, Wimbledon to Cincinnati he has been great, you know. He he yeah. only lost at these two tight matches to Alcaraz. Uh, to Djokovic, obviously, at Wimbledon, and also had a loss to Michael Moe in Washington, which Moe, I think, is a, is is definitely quite tricky for him with just the sheer, like, relentlessness of the ground and how tough it can be to just win a point <laughs> against him in a baseline yeah. rally. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think this, this is lined up phenomenally for Hurkacz. He also hasn't been uh, past the second round in New York, which wow, okay. I guess, yeah, that's surprising. One could view as worrying, yeah, yeah, that's a surprising uh, stat. Um, especially it was you're... actually the the case at the Australian Open as well before this year that he also wasn't past the second round and then he made the fourth round, so maybe it doesn't matter,
0: yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, of course, you know, Harcash, the next uh, Miami champion, so that's why I just found that surprising. He seems to like the, the North American hard, so um. Okay, so you've got, so far, um, as you can see on the screen, well-timed, that's great, great work there by the, the producer. Um, just going to say, Tivo, Paul, Medvedev, Harkach, um, uh Anyone else um, could uh, do a bit of damage in this half? We've got uh, Nicholas Jarry, um, who else we've got that's jumping out. Berrettini, of course, unseeded. You mentioned him in the Rublev section um, earlier on. Um, Berrettini, you know, you know how far can he go then? You know, it was a semi-finals, I think, before, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, 2019, and he actually played um, Monfils in the quarterfinals, which was a great match. Theoretically, they could play here. Uh, obviously, Verrettini is a, is a factor here. Again, maybe John Isner has a wonderful run at the of. Like, I don't know if he's actually capable of this. His 2023 form would be like with his 2023 form it wouldn't even be that shocking to see him lose to Facundo Diaz Acosta but uh I know that's not something that Isner would want as a send-off but you know losing to Kachanov, losing to Hurkacz I think he would be fine with that uh but yeah also in this in this um top half of this section there's Alex Mikkelsen I think he could go on a run yeah um, yeah we'll be interested to see like him answering. yeah keen to see him yeah, I think someone someone else uh, earlier What about Harkash uh,
0: Isner? The, the potential for Harkach Isna is there, is it not? Uh, uh, we, could we, play. We, we
1: could have
0: Harkash
1: Ezner, that would be a hurka isn't around three, and I think that would be the perfect send-off for, for Isna, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he he likes Hurkac a lot and yeah. um they've played doubles yeah. together. So and, and also like Horkac is just at that sort of level where I think you know it would be a good enough opponent for for Isner to lose to, Kachanov, to Kachanov as well but but yeah I feel like Isner could catch round three also because it's a round further um that I, I would love to see that um you know to see to see Isner retire against him I think that would be that would be good and as you can see Ghost um is basically calling you out on the the John Isner I
0: think he's saying something about senior citizen discount at Dunkin Donuts okay we'll move on to the big two then um we spoke off off air earlier on, Damien, about uh, Novak Djokovic's draw. Um, I said, and you said you had some specific thoughts on this, so I'm, I'm going to be keen to hear them. Um, I said to you before the, we came on air that um, this was pretty much a dream draw for Djokovic. That's a tongue twister. Um, so, yeah, thoughts on on Djokovic, you know, in terms of, you know, the matchups that he's going to be coming up against um, to go for his 24th Grand Slam title?
1: Yeah, I think it's a wonderful draw for him. Absolutely. Uh, it really couldn't be easier because, well, for, for starters, he plays Miller and then Zapata Mirage or Queen, so he can basically sleepwalk through the first two rounds. <laughs> I don't really see an opponent in the first four rounds for him that could be uh, overly tough. You know, he has a 0-2 head-to-head record against Vesely, but who knows if Vesely is even going to get there. And then uh, also in in his quarter, he could have had Tsitsipas, Ruud, uh Rublev and um, Sinner, right? So I think the only real uh, player that, that like, he would have been afraid of in this group is Sinner, not because he has a poor matchup against him, but, you know, just because Sinner is stronger than these guys, but... Uh, also, he could he could have had Medvedev or Runa in his semi, right? Yeah. And he got the easier option. Also, Rude is in the in, in his semi, uh, like in his potential semi, and it's not like yeah, it's not it's not Rublev, for example. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I just feel oh, rublev or Sinner. So so I yeah, I just feel like there's basically nothing that could have gone better for Djokovic in terms of the draw here. Yeah. like if, if there's Djokovic fans. Uh, If there are Djokovic fans coming out like in the next week or so or maybe let's say Djokovic loses at some point at this event and the Djokovic fans will say that, I don't know, the draw was rigged and uh, someone forced him to have a tough opponent early. Just don't bother with this because no it's it's not true like this is actually a dream draw this is actually something that is sort of swinging the like the the chances of them winning the u.s open title into his favor a little bit with Alcaraz because well Alcaraz will have to place very for sinner in the quarters likely yeah and um Djokovic avoids that so um you know it's then again i also have to say that it's not like he needed it right he he, no. he would have still been the the massive favorite to come through like regardless of of where he was placed in the draw even <laughs> if we got him like the the left draw or else had it tough um let's say the let's say the the section of andre rublev he still would have been the massive favorite to do it so yeah, yeah. uh it, he didn't need it but it is a wonderful drill yeah
0: yeah no i mean he won't face a, a seed potentially until laszlo Jair um and uh you know round round three um i think they met once and it was in belgrade they all have been um encounter um, he likes that matchup. He likes the Taylor Fritz matchup as well. Um, you know, he's it's a good one for his game. Um, I just I don't see anything. I'm, I'm looking at it now, Damien, and I'm trying to think of some sort of way that I could sell you that, that this might be a problem or or he or she might be a problem. But he yeah, actually just, just John had this out. comment.
1: John had this comment. The only match that made trouble Novak, and I'm not sure what he was talking about. Was it something on the screen? Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. Ah, okay, she, okay. 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 He, he's okay. being witty. Uh, I said. get it. I uh, get it. Okay. Um,
0: one of the key ones that I, I wanted to touch on, um, in terms of the the draw, instead of just focusing on Djokovic, are you still laughing at John's joke? Yeah. Um, sets a pass, Um, I thought that was one that kind of caught my eye on Thursday as well. Um, you know, sets a pass. Uh, we've been a little bit indifferent recently. Um. Ryanich has got a two 0 um record on over him. Um yeah, granted they haven't played in three years, but you know, one was at the Aussie Open and um, one was in Cincinnati. Um not not too dissimilar. Um is Sitsi Pass in trouble here? Do you do you favour Ryanich at all on that one?
1: Yeah, I think so. And also this whole quarter is like a big serving extravaganza or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Raonic, then let's say he plays, oh, either either Striker or Popirin, really, and then either Alice or Eubanks. Eubanks, of course, beat him at Wimbledon. And uh, as he said, Raonic to zero record, even though it was 2020 when Raonic had a bit of a resurgence. Then um, potentially Fritz or... Jakub Menšík, maybe or or uh, Lorenzo musetti uh, even like I I think Tsitsipas has a very tough draw here, and obviously his wa- his form in the warmups also wasn't great, so that's not a, that's not a good combination. And Raonic, I just feel like at this stage of his career, he has like a higher chance of peaking for one match than actually I don't know winning five of them and playing at a, at a solid level, but not reaching that peak. So yeah. uh, I'm super excited for Tsitsipas Raonic. And yeah, that's like an obvious highlight of the round that we we will be very disappointed about if it's like, you know, straight sets, pass. I don't think this is really a possibility unless Raonic would play like he did against McDonald in what I think was his most recent match.
0: Yeah, yeah, he lost that one in straight sets, didn't he? Um, You know, uh, yeah, no, I I can't disagree. I think uh, pass will be gone early. I think um, I I was going through the US Open Twitter page and... and, you know, it's the fan week this week. Um, and I saw Sitsa Dosa on uh, stage doing some sort of, like, you know, Mr and Mrs quiz. Um, needless to say, I did not click on that video and take it in. But, you know, Bidosa pulling out. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think Sitsa Pass will just I'll, I'll, I'll be heading home early as well. Um, Felix um, had a, a decent win, I think, over Beretine, but then went out the next round. Um, was that in uh, to Mar- Montreal earlier? Um, you know, Felix Auger I uh, uh, touched on him very, very early. He's had a really, really poor uh year. Um, you know, uh, any hopes for him at all, Damien?
1: No, he has to win a few matches to even get to Djokovic, McDonald already, that's a 50-50 for me. If he is gonna play Goyo, and that's probably the case, because well Goya is surely beating Dalian uh with, with Dalian's hardcore records, I think, then also like I don't think it would be easy. Um, Goya has actually gotten his back into, like, where it might be better than Ozilian seems <laughs> And uh, for, even though it's it's a weakness of his. And France Serrundo also has been a tough matchup for Ozilian for team, right? If it's the Argentinian in the third round, which looks kind of likely unless he has, like, a terrible off day against someone. So, yeah, I just feel like even if he plays Novak, it's already going to be a big deal for him. And it's probably going to be, like, big enough that you know he gets there kind of tired and and yeah he just doesn't really have that much left to really trouble novak which hasn't really been um happening for him anyway like outside of indoors right when yeah. did they play because the, he beat him at labor cup but of course that's a very different thing Um,
0: absolutely will will we do that in
1: a uh... just just rome okay so so like they haven't actually faced each other on an outdoor hard court yet but i just don't feel like it would be a good matchup for the canadian just with you know how many exposable weaknesses he has and also just djokovic being so good against these forehand bots like you know rublev sitsipas um he just totally like works them out slowly and yeah yeah, that's. not feel that's like it. it would be traveling.
0: No, I think that's the, that's the key. He's just so adaptable to to whatever they try and throw him, whatever new tactic. You know, these guys have played him so many times. They try and you know mix it up, do something different, and he adapts very very quickly. And and that's you know why he has won so much. Okay, uh, this will probably be one of your maybe harder ones. Then um, in terms of this, um, w- ones are given. Uh, Djokovic and who um, for the final eight? Then
1: <laughs> could be anyone really yeah uh, yeah uh, let's say fritz then i guess he hasn't done well at the slams, but i i just can't really say you know whether rawnage or streaker maybe could reach that even you, instance, you had a that. Decent... yeah Operin? i know a, a good couple of weeks for sure cincinnati quarterfinals and umak title Um, Yeah, I just feel like I I, kind of have to go for it. I feel like Manchik, if he beats Barrer, he actually has a great shot at beating Lorenzo Musetti. So Mm -hmm. I cannot really pick pick Musetti. Yeah, let's just go for it. But it's the least confident pick that I've made so far.
0: (laughs) With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Fair enough. Okay, so he goes Djokovic-Fritz for the third uh, quarterfinal. And then finally, okay, so Carlitos alcaraz um, looking to defend his uh, US Open title from last year, 12 months ago. Starts off against Dominic Kopfer. Um, yeah, thoughts on, on his draw in terms of, you know, um, who he could potentially face. Of course, you touched on Sinner, which I think he would have uh, would have been the main one he was wanting to avoid um, before getting to the final. He could face uh, Lloyd Harris, Dan Evans, Cam Norris projected, uh, Yannick Sinner. Um, Medvedev, which which would be fairly simple for him, um, surely, and then it would be Djokovic. So, how happy can um, the, the Carlitos team be with that draw? Then, Domin- uh, Damien, sorry,
1: um, I think it's okay. Like, I just think there's this one problem around with Sinner's Verv in the quarters, uh, assuming that's gonna be Sinner, but of course, Varev also picking up his form very nicely. Um, in general, like, I, I think. There are a couple of tricky opponents, like Kepfer, definitely. Thompson, he has just struggled against in the warm-ups. One of players, like, in the forefront, if he plays, like, Greek sport, Fields, Kokinakis. You know, these are all guys who can push him. I just don't think in the best-of-five formats they really have a great chance of beating Alcaraz, you know, one set. Because in, in Canada and Cincy, he was definitely struggling quite a lot. Like, it wasn't his 100%, like, best tennis Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just a lot of sort of screwing around. I don't know and and um, yeah, I, I just feel like if he if one of these guys um, play him and like he has a weaker set, he has a weaker patch, just losing losing just one is just not that much of a difference in the best of five format. Because you still have so much time to recover. And and I feel like that's going to play into Alcaraz's favor a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe by the the time he makes the final, it's actually going to be something that hurts him. Because, well, he would then have to face Djokovic, who's likely going to be less tired. Again, of course, he's also like 16 years younger. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) yeah, I just feel like whatever... Yeah. So like whatever uh whatever really comes his way before the quarters I feel like he should be able to sort it out even if he drops sets. In the quarters I'm not that sure anymore. And yeah, that that's definitely the problem round and this is how we can also say that Alcaraz's draw is weak uh, is worse than Djokovic's because he has fair for Sinner in his quarter and I think potentially, like out of all the players, like 5'8 ranked, so or 5'8 seeded, and yeah. also 9'16 seeded, these are probably the toughest opponents. Like maybe along with Tommy Paul, because Alcaraz would not like Tommy Paul in his yeah, section yeah. either.
0: I think we're having a, uh, you're, you're bang on there. I think Tommy Paul would have be been one he was keen to avoid, uh, given the recent history. Um, yeah, Zverev, I think it's a funny one for me, you know. In terms of uh, his form's been a little bit up and down since the injury. Um, you know, I watched him against uh Davidovich Vakina, um in Canada um and he was rotten. He was all over the place. Um and then, you know, the, the next week in Cincinnati he, he takes out Medvedev finally. Um, you know, in terms of Zverev, uh, are people overlooking Zverev at, at this event?
1: Um, I feel like a lot of People are saying that, like, Sinner Zverev could be one of the more tricky round fours. Also, um, yeah, just saying that Zverev or Sinner will be in the quarters with Alcaraz potentially. But maybe, maybe yes, because, well, he still hasn't maybe performed, um like, performed. He has made an ATP 1000 semi this year, of course, in Cincinnati, but he still hasn't, like, won a big title or, like, made a big final this year. I guess hasn't had that win over Alcaraz or Djokovic of course he hasn't really played them either but uh, or, or just once against Alcaraz uh, but I, I think there is something to it also because of how exciting the Alcaraz Sinner matchup is for people and like everyone remembering um, their US Open quarterfinal from last year so I think a lot of uh, fans just want that to happen again and then they're kind of overlooking the the fact that Zverev is a dangerous, dangerous. Sinner yeah, yeah
0: yeah, yeah you're, you're right um so I've got a wee and this isn't about my predictions this is about yours but I just think weiff could do something here um in terms of uh we've been I had a request hello Ashley by the way um and, uh, and Anastasia's joined us uh, ghost as well um okay my guy uh, Andy Murray um he's playing uh, there we go elena and um, that was perfectly timed again um so yeah sir Andy um playing curtaintan mute and it uh, should be a lively one um you know, Andy Murray, again, I, I've been, as a, as, a, as a true Andy Murray fan, been encouraged with some of the displays, obviously disappointed um, he had to pull out of Canada with uh, with, with Sinner coming up. Um, and then I didn't think he, he was going to play Cincinnati uh, as it transpired.
1: Andy Murray, can he do anything? Please tell me, Damien, that you have hope for, for Andy. Um, getting through Dimitrov and Zverev back-to-back seems way too optimistic for me. Uh, But yeah, Mute, of course, he's a favorite there, provided he's going to be healthy because he was also withdrawing from some events. Uh, Dimitrov just has been so consistent this year, right? Uh, Like he's just not losing to anyone he shouldn't be losing to. Uh, If they actually play each other, you know, it's also like a vintage matchup. I would love to see it. But yeah, um, just Dimitrov and uh, Zverev back to backs in order to make the second week. That's something that I'm not really buying right now. <laughs>
0: God, you broke my
1: heart. Um who else we got here? Greg Spohr, Arthur
0: Fields, Dan Evans is in it, um, Jordan Thompson, you mentioned earlier on, Dimitrov, uh Andy Marie Vavrinka, um, Sonigo, and of course Sinner. So um I take it we're gonna just go with uh, you know, Alcaraz, Sinner as your as your top two
1: yeah i i could think of picking Zvere, but i don't think i can really do it i think when i um yeah i think when i'm gonna um, do the bracket prediction that's still gonna be Sinner, the, the sort of boring answer but also it's not really that boring because as i said everyone wants to see us kind of sinner yeah
0: uh, especially after last year in new york um okay um so we've done the draw and um, we've we've kind of handpicked some of the matches that We we're excited about and you know you've given us your last date. Um, Just before we go and look at you know the final that we all think we're going to get, um, I just wanted to mention um, and get your opinion, Damien. Um, You've been kind of heavily uh, looking at the qualifiers this week. Um, Of course, we do at Talking Tennis. We do a a Player of the Week um, in honor of uh, our our friend Jakob Bobro, who uh, recently sadly passed away. Um, So what we thought we would do is this week, you know, the qualifier. Who has qualified for the the us open um, we'll, we'll make that player um the player of the week uh, uh, the yakub bobro player of the week so yeah take it away damien in terms of the qualifiers who who's been your your standout guy
1: yeah i think we have to just give it to jakub manchik um you've got him on the screen right now of course i i know jakub would have loved that big obviously is someone we've discussed on our uh show plenty of times and uh, Menshik will actually turn 18 on Friday. So if he is in that third round at the US Open and playing Fritz, that would have been like the like that would be the best birthday he could probably imagine. Um, and um, yeah, he was he was actually in a pretty tough section here, making his grandson qualifying debut. Uh, he had to play Fonini in the first round, then Landro Ridi in the second round, and beat both guys in three sets. Fonini he had lost to in last month. And uh, even against uh, Zdenek Kolash in the final round, which was definitely like when, when it got a bit easier for him, but he I think he showed a lot of maturity to to get over the finish line and like have no issues in that match against his fellow, um, you know, against his compatriot. And um, yeah, Manchik just has insane talent. And I think in a couple of... Um, I don't know, maybe as early as next year, he's going to push it into the the top 100. Probably not someone that we're going to be watching in Slam qualifying quite a lot. Definitely encourage people to um, check out his match against Barrera, either against Barrera at the US Open uh, round one, which I hope he's he's going to win because I would really love to see him play Musetti in the second round. I feel like that will also be a pretty decent matchup. Uh, you know, at 17, he's already won... Uh, a challenger title in in prague this year also when he was 16 he made the australian open juniors final um this was actually a very well-known story because he he was cramping to a point where he couldn't even attend the trophy ceremony they had to take him off the wheelchair yeah Yeah, he played kuzukara and and lost that much but you could see that he has so much more potential going forward in the pros and uh Kuzuhara, of course, still is like uh, around 500 in the world. And Mensik has made enormous jumps since. And yeah, uh, I feel like this is a very fitting match uh, player of the week because he is definitely the most exciting story coming out of US Open qualies. And also at the same time, I, I know Jakub was very fond of him as well. So I think that nice. works perfectly.
0: No, nice sentiment there. Um, and for anyone who wasn't aware of Jakub Mensik then um, keep your eye out. Over the next few days for him. Um okay, um any other business a little bit in terms of uh the US Open, um having a look there at the draw, um the, the US Open said that the IBM, have you seen this? IBM, the IBM AI had done the, the draw analysis and picked who um, had the most favorable draw. Um are you aware of of that top five? Um I saw mean?
1: it. Uh, I, I don't know it what it means.
0: Dark. I don't know what it means, but
1: yeah, me me neither. I haven't really gone through like how they actually um did these calculations or like how the algorithm did it. But, yeah. you know, having Coco Golf at number 1. <laughs> yeah. I I guess at least at least there's some legitimacy to it because Djokovic is number 1. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so Alcaraz t- is actually number 2, so Yeah. Mm.
0: So, Yeah, as you can see there, guys, um, uh, what me and Damien are speaking about is um, the US Open got the AI, the robots, to um, tell us who they thought had the most favorable draw. Um, and they went with uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, Yannick Sinner, uh, Daniil Medvedev, I thought was a shock number four, um, for me, um, and then Francis Tiafoe. um, as Damien said earlier on. Um, other than that, you know, in terms of the first couple of days, then, um, tomorrow. Is lining up tomorrow's schedule. Is there any match in particular you think you know? If anyone wasn't thinking of watching this match, um, what match should they be putting on their telly tomorrow, Damien? You know I
1: yeah, the obvious answer, uh, unless I'm messing up the draw. So let me check that. But the obvious answer, I think, it's Siti Basrawanit, right? That's that's yeah, that's, 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 that's tomorrow. the Yeah, that's, that's the half the of the Armstrong. Draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I would like maybe more underrated picks i'm certainly excited like in the first time slot for manarino vatanuki especially if the japanese you know is going to be healthy because he recently gave a walkover in stanford in the semis to get to yeah to just try to be ready for the us open qualies. wolf zhang i sort of uh, maybe hinted at when i was talking about the rude as a match that potentially could be huge if both guys are just yeah, just come out firing. Menschik, uh, whom we just talked about playing Barrera. I think that's also something that um a lot of people should probably watch. Um Fujovic Korda, we also hinted at this as like you know, potentially being very tight despite their Winston Salem match going just two sets. Also, uh, maybe that's a bit of a weird pick, but I'm excited to see if Steve Johnson can like keep it any close against uh uh, taylor fritz i am I, I kind of feel sorry for him you know because he recently won uh two challenger titles and like he did so well to get himself into this draw because he won the u.s open um usta wildcard challenge and yet then of course he lands against taylor fritz and even though there is some fire in the servant forehead combo again i just feel like this might be too tough yeah. uh but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if he does anything in this match yeah,
0: no, I agree. And tomorrow, of course, um, uh, the US Open have confirmed it as the, or they confirmed a couple of days ago. It's the top half of the, the women's draw, bottom half of the men's, and then Tuesday will just be reverse, bottom half of the, the women's and top half of the men's. Um, anything else you want to add before we, we chuck it for the evening and, and you know try and stay up so that our body clocks are, are reworked for the next two weeks? Anything else, Damien?
1: Um, just maybe one question, you know, Djokovic or Alcaraz? If oh God, yeah, to... we, we
0: missed the big one. Yeah, so, um, of course, uh, yeah, Djokovic and Alcaraz. Okay, so, um, I, I did have that down on my, I went a bit early. Um, so yeah, Djokovic, Alcaraz, of course, we, we saw the epic uh, a week ago in Cincinnati, Alcaraz came through in grass and Wimbledon. Um, has the draw changed your opinion of who will win this US Open if these two, um, which is likely, get to the final?
1: It gives a slight edge to Djokovic, I think. If someone is going to be arguing that it's like 52-48 Djokovic now, I can't really disagree. Uh, I feel like there's a just a pretty decent chance that Alcaraz is going to arrive in the finals a bit more tired, which again, with the age difference, maybe won't matter that much. But we, we saw what happened last year when he played like, what, 24 hours uh, to win the US Open title. I don't think he would be able to pull it off against Djokovic. He was mm-hmm. able to pull it off against Rude in the final. I just don't think he would do it here. However, I, I think I still like if I had to lean towards one player, I would go Alcaraz. Um, one reason is not scientific at all. Let's start with the scientific one. It's just that I think in recent matches, Djokovic has had a lot of physical problems when it gets like tight. I think mm-hmm. in, the, in the longer format he might actually be the one to struggle because any cramps that Alcaraz had against him just seemed nervous, uh, which also isn't a great thing, of course, for him. But like, uh, yeah, the dips that he had in the Cincinnati final or Wimbledon, I think, like, there would be punished here. Also, uh, the the one that's non scientific is just it. It really reminds me of um, two thousand thirteen on the women's side when. Azarenka and um, Serena were, played in yeah. the in the final at Cincinnati. Azarenka won a beautiful thriller. Then they were both heavily favored to just make the final again at the U.S. Open. Azarenka had some sets lost along the way. Serena just had you know score lines uh, that Iga Iga Świątek has every day uh, on the way to the, <laughs> on the way to the title. Of course, back in the day, Serena used to be like the original one with the bagels and breadsticks. And uh, then in the final, it was actually Serena winning, so not the player that won Cincinnati. And because of that non-scientific reason, I feel like you know, if they play twice, it's it's likely that they actually split the meetings.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's very tight. Um, I think you're right. I think Alcaraz will, will obviously prefer the conditions. It was really hot in Cincinnati. The, the New York um, and Djokovic has had such a kind of up and down record in New York in terms of so many things seem to go wrong for him um and yeah i think you know it's just going to be fascinating um couple of weeks i'm really looking forward to it um i'm really going to thank you damien for for taking us through this next hour it's been really really in-depth and and, and interesting um and i think you've changed my mind and a few others as well um so uh, thank you very much for that um this us open uh, the grand slam this grand slam, Actually, as the since the big three um, came to the tour, um, this one um, has experienced the longest drought without one of them winning it. Um, and that was in 2019 um, when Rafa Nadal won it. Um, and will that be ended by Novak Djokovic? We don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be fun to find out. So um, listen, Damien, thanks very much, mate. Um, it's been a good evening and uh, well, I'm sure we'll catch up over the next fortnight. Okay, top man. Thanks very much. If you enjoyed this video, Make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>